Green, Central Ohio's premier golf show. Now here's your host, recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award by the Southern Ohio PGA of America and Hall of Fame, Skip Mossick. And good morning, everybody. Welcome into this week's edition of Tea to Green here on The Fan. Another very busy week in the golf world as the Olympics take center stage. We'll check in at Tokyo in just a couple of minutes. The U.S. Senior Women's Open is this week in Connecticut, highlighted by the return of Annika Sorenstam. We'll visit with longtime golf writer, now Golf Channel contributor Ron Syrak, who's working the event for the USGA later this hour. We're a month out from this year's Nationwide Children's Hospital Champion at the OSU Scarlet course earlier this week. We had a chance to visit with defending champion Curtis Luck. We'll let you hear some of that. And as always, we have another great golf prize package to give you a shot at winning this weekend. Details on that for you shortly as well. But anybody who listens to this show knows we love to talk junior golf. The high school season gets underway next week. We're joined first up by our old friend, PGA professional Brian Barnett. Brian, the longtime coach down at Taze Valley High School. And Brian, good morning. You've been doing this a long time. Tell us how much play has improved across the state at the high school level for both the boys and the girls over the years and what you would attribute that to. Oh, absolutely. First of all, Skip, thanks for having me on, and I enjoy uh, always talking to you and doing this. But, yeah, the the play for high school golf uh, for both boys and girls over the last, I would say, the last five to seven years has really, really improved dramatically. I mean, you know, with with, with everything coming down, not only equipment-wise, but with the golf course conditions, uh, the the kids being more into it, you know, there, there's a lot of junior players out there doing a lot of things, uh, not just from April to October, but but 12 months out of the year, and that has has led to a lot of improved play. Yeah, you know, how about things like junior clinics and instruction early on, getting kids involved, and you know, catching the golf bug at a young age. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, if the the earlier you get your your young player interested in golf, uh, the better off you are. Uh, you know, like I said, I I know personally, I do a lot of different stuff with junior golf. Uh, I, I run different youth camps during the summer, uh, heavily involved in the PGA Junior League. I, I think that's a wonderful thing to get the, the young players involved. They, you know, It allows them to go out and play a golf course that, A, they may not be able to play and have fun doing it. And, you know, the more you do that, the better off you are. You know, Brian, here in Central Ohio, there are so many really good golf teams. But how competitive is it, and I guess is there a big disparity between those really good teams and the teams that maybe quite aren't up to that level? I, I tell you what, you know, the, the Central District uh, golf in, in both the girls and the boys' level, is, is the, the competition is, is tremendously outstanding. You know, we, we joke every year kind Kind of at the um, at the district tournament up at Apple Valley, especially for the boys, that this is actually the state tournament. You know, there for a, a, a long time. Uh, you know, Dublin Jerome it was is solid, and you know they would always come out, and, and usually whoever came out of Apple Valley from the boys' side would finish one, two, or three in the state, and you know it just makes it so competitive. And uh, you know that that's what you want. I mean, as a as a high school golf coach and and, and as as a competitor, 
you know, you want that competition. And, you know, from, from top to bottom, uh, the, the gap keeps getting closer and closer uh, each and every year. Talking a little high school golf this morning with PGA professional Brian Barnett. Brian, the head coach at Taze Valley High School. And, Brian, let me ask you about equipment. I mean, golf is expensive, and it can definitely be the case of the haves and the have-nots in regards to equipment. It's one thing to have a set of clubs. It's another thing to have a brand-new top-of-the-line gear. Most of the kids at the, that level, they're so good, they can beat me with a broom and a shovel. I guess, is it more important <laughs> at the high school level to have top-of-the-line stuff or have clubs that are fitted properly just so they can learn to play? Yeah, you, you definitely want clubs that are fitted properly that you can play. You know, get back when we were when we were growing up, you know, we went out, our, our, our dads introduced us to the game of golf, and they said, oh, we'll take my, my driver and my iron and my wedges, and we'll just cut those down, and, and we'll make them fit you. And, and little did we know way back then that it was actually making that golf club way too heavy for these young players to swing. And, and, and nowadays, you know, you have all kinds of different youth and junior clubs out there that, that are fitted to them. Uh, you know, the hardest part about, you know, getting your young players, especially, you know, we're talking ages six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, is you buy them in, in December and by August or September of that following, of that year, they've outgrown them. Right. So, I mean, you know, but, but without a doubt, you know, having properly fitted equipment for you, uh, is a good thing. It's, uh, I don't want to say it's a must, but it, it'll definitely improve and, and help you out a little bit. Um, I, I get asked a lot of times, does my junior need a full set of clubs? And, and my answer to that is always no, uh, especially as they're learning to play. You know, I don't, I don't think they need, you know, they're not going to hit the three irons and the four irons or the five irons very much. You know, they're going to hit two or three clubs. So, you know, as, as far as, uh, you know, as far as that, I would definitely ask your PGA golf professional what is right for your player. You know, and you bring up PGA professional in your world, Brian. How do you balance being a teaching pro versus a high school coach in regards to lessons and instruction? If, you know, maybe a player from a competing team comes to you for instruction, I mean, is that awkward or is it not? <laughs> you know, I, I joke about that all the time. We, we did that this summer and, and I've done it for years, uh, as a PGA golf professional, I want to help each and every kid. It, it doesn't matter whether they play for me at Taze Valley or, or they play for a rival school in our league or someone in the Central District. You know, uh, my my main focus. I want to see kids get better, and, and I do that all the time. I know. Uh, you know, I've got, uh, you know, students that I teach all over that go to various different high schools, uh, that, that I help. And it is, there, there's nothing more rewarding for me as a, as a golf professional to get a text from them and say, Hey, I had the lowest round I've ever had, or I hit it better than I ever have. And, and, and that's exciting for me. And, and, and on the flip side of it, as a high school coach, um, you know, we, we see, or I see my students as we go to different tournaments and invitationals, uh, around, uh, around the state here and around central Ohio. And I love watching them compete. Um, you know, do it, do I want to win as a high school coach? Yes. But do I want to see kids play well and enjoy the game? That's even more rewarding. You know, Brian, let me ask you about strategy because there's strategy in every sport. Golf is no different, especially when it comes to team golf. How much coaching is involved as far as you know, getting the guys instruction as far as how to play the certain golf courses ahead on your schedule? Oh, absolutely. You know, we, um, you know, and, and just speaking from experience here a little bit in the Mid-State League, which is where we play, you know, we play four 18-hole tournaments, much like the OCC does. Um, 
and I know the week leading up to our, our first OCC or our first Mid-State League, I know that golf course, and, and it may not be conducive to hitting driver off every tee. So, so now we work on our hybrids and our irons. Or, you know, it may be a, a situation where there's a lot of sand around some of these greens. So now we got to work on our, on our bunker play a little bit. And, you know, you, you just, you just, uh, tailor your practices leading up to that, to to what um, you know, to what course you're doing, M- much like a basketball coach. And speaking of which, he's a basketball coach, and we're talking to him as well. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you open with next week, Brian? I guess where's your first one at? We open up on August fifth. We have uh, our Invitational down at the Players Club. You know, we've got quite a few teams coming down, and looking forward to a to a great day at the Players Club on Thursday, August fifth. And speaking of the Players Club, I mean that that's a golf course that we've spoken for many years about this. As far as teaching your players how to, we'll use number fourteen as an example as far as what what you need to do there and what you really shouldn't do there. Absolutely, you, you take you got to take you got to know your player. Um, you know, nowadays the the, the players are are fearless. So they'll sit, sit up there with that driver and just smash it down the middle or smash it down there someplace. And uh, sometimes that may not be the best play. And uh, you know, we we try to get through there. And as, as we've talked many times here, if we can get through there, bogey, 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 or bogey, bogey, par, or something like that, that would be wonderful. And you know, any, anytime we do that, that would be a a, a really good thing. Do kids listen, Brian? Uh, sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. <laughs> I, I can always tell when they don't listen because usually that number is a little higher than what I'm expecting. Yeah, you know, Brian, last thing, the state championships again this season will be at North Star and at Ohio State. It's amazed me to see what these kids do in these state championships, especially at the Scarlet course. I mean, you were teasing me early in the week. I, I think Scarlet is so brutal. At least for me, it's my kryptonite. I can't break 90 there with, with the redesign. And, and those high school kids at the championship level all shooting low to mid-70s it's so impressive oh i know it, it, it's really impressive you know uh, the ohsa has done a great job you know get securing two sites there and and we're very 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 lucky that uh, the ohio state university allows us to play there and in north star i i can't uh, express the gratitude and, and the way north star treats are our players and our coaches and our rules officials that go up there uh you know both facilities are outstanding and and the way our kids play and the way the, kids, the high school kids play up there, you know if they shoot 79 they're they're, they're upset because they're, they're so good pga professional brian barnett thanks for talking some high school golf with us here this morning brian the head coach at taze valley high school have a great season whether they listen or not you keep coaching them okay <laughs> absolutely i mean i appreciate that skip thanks for everything and you know the next two months i can't wait for high school golf it's it's absolutely fantastic all right, more high school discussion ahead in just a couple of minutes, but let's switch gears for a moment and head to the Olympics as we get you warmed up with some chip shots. 97.1 The Fans, T to Green, Chip Shots. Kasumagaiski Country Club, the site of the Olympic Golf Tournament. Three rounds now in the books. Let's begin with your leader, American Xander Shoffley at 14 under par. Shoffley, who's gone back to a conventional putting grip as opposed to the arm lock he was playing with and says it's paying dividends. Yeah, it was. It's interesting, you know. I was my my putting coach has been pretty keen on you know talking about it and and with me and kind of you know asking me some what, uh, what my feels have been with it. And so you know, I feel like when I had it, it was almost more you know locked in as everyone would like to say. But it, it almost made my you know face rotation a little bit less now with my current putter. So whether it's a training aid or I go back to it in the future, um, I think it's definitely helped me. If I can kind of 
keep up the you know approach into the greens. Um, you know, I feel pretty good with the flat stick. So if I can kind of just give myself enough opportunities and keep the ball in the fairway off the tee, that's really key. Again, Shopley, your leader at 14 under par. He leads Hideki Matsuyama, who's one back at minus 13. Up next, Carlos Ortiz from Mexico, part of a group two back at minus 12. And Ortiz says he wants to finish strong on Sunday. I expect to play good, obviously, but uh, I mean, it's just a, it's a golf course where you, if you hit good, you know, if you find the fairway, you know, you can be aggressive, and, and I think that's a challenge, you know. I, I need to find more fairways, and then that, that'll help it to, to keep it going. Mito Pereira from Chile is at minus 11, three shots back, and says he wants to keep playing well. I've been playing really solid golf for like three months or four months, but I just don't want to get in like really comfortable in this place. Just want to keep doing. Today's like the first day that I, that I feel like I'm actually here uh, with all the time change, but I've been playing really good, so I hope I can, I can, I can keep doing it. A lot of guys in the mix, including Irishman Shane Lowry, minus 10, four back. Lowry playing well and wants to keep it going. I'm happy. Um, you know, I played okay yesterday and I didn't really kind of, I kept in the 25 feet all day and I didn't really hold anything. So it was nice to go out there today and shoot a good score. I, you know, I saw my teammate in front of me uh, rolling a few in early on and it kind of spurred me on to, to go, go catch him. And uh, it's nice to see the two of us up there close to the top of the leaderboard and hopefully we can both have a good weekend. Speaking of which, fellow Irishman Rory McIlroy, minus 11. Look out for Rory, says you have to take advantage of the par fives. I scored better. I played the par fives better. And that was really the difference between, you know, I played the, two, the, the par fives and even par yesterday, and I played them in three under today. And, you know, that's the three-shot difference, really. So, um, yeah, I just, I, you know, I drove the ball just as well. Um, iron play was pretty good. Um, I held some nice putts. Um, you know, I did everything pretty well. There was a couple little, you know, there was a couple loose ones in there, but um, overall, it was a good day. Again, your leader heading into Sunday's final round, Xander Shoffley at 14 under par. Elsewhere this week, both the European Tour and LPGA are in Northern Ireland. Daniel Hiller. Minus 11 is your leader by one. On the ladies' side, Emma Talley, minus 13. She leads by three. U.S. Senior Women's Open in Connecticut. Annika Sorenstam, minus eight. Sorenstam is your leader by three. Well, coming up, we'll talk a little more high school golf as the 2021 season gets underway next week. Is there anything new for this year? We will visit with Tim Street of the Ohio High School Athletic Association next as Tita Green continues here on The Fan. If you miss a Buckeye game, it's because your radio is in tune to the right place. Always and forever, your home for the Buckeyes. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Hey, it's better than a free bowl of soup. This is Tita Green with Skip Mossick on The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Tita Green has its own T-shirts available in the fan store. Go to 971thefan.com to check it out and get yours today. We have another great golf prize pack that we're going to give away to somebody this weekend. Included in that, a free round of golf down at the Players Club at Foxfire. We have some balls from our friends at Titleist, a gift certificate out to the Virtues, some Charky Jerky, and some more fan goodies for you as well. Very simple to enter. Send me a tweet by 11 a.m. at Skip Moss 
sick or go to 971thefan.com. You can find me on Twitter there. Do it by 11 a.m. Send me your winner for this week's U.S. Senior Women's Open. We're going ladies this week. U.S. Senior Women's Open. We'll do a drawing of all those who picked the winner correctly. Again, just one entry per person. Good luck, and hopefully the prize pack will be yours. This is Backspin. Tea to green. Backspin. The high school golf season begins next week across the state. We're joined now for a few minutes by Tim Street with the Ohio High School Athletic Association. And Tim, good morning. First of all, I know everybody's happy that we're in a much different place than we were a year ago as it was literally the 11th hour before we received the go-ahead for the high school golf season to begin. Yeah, boy, we were just thinking the other day, Skip, about where we were at this time last year, you know, just sitting on pins and needles and doing everything we could to get the green light to play all of our sports. Um, boy, it, it's we've come a long way in a year now. We're not completely out of the woods yet, but yeah, different uh, mindset altogether from a year ago this time, but just so happy that all of last school year, we were able to play all 26 of our sports and uh, just so thankful for that because there were a lot of, a lot of states that uh, did not play all of their sports. There were some states that didn't play high school sports at all last year. That's just hard to, to fathom. You know, Tim, golf is no different than any of the other sports when it comes to the challenges the OHSAA faces in setting and balancing the state regarding districts, especially with areas where schools may not be participating in golf as much as other areas are. I guess what are the biggest challenges in regards to that? Yeah, you're right, Skip. You know, Ohio is such a diverse state, and there are some parts of the state that are, are just so good at golf, and, and and there's no secret about that, and we celebrate that. Um, but, you know, you, you mentioned uh, divisional representation um, and district representation at our state tournaments. Uh, you know, we talk about this with all of our sports. Uh, for the OHSAA, our tournaments are, are uh, representative tournaments, meaning we want schools from all parts of the state to uh, be able to have a chance to advance to our state tournament. Uh, we, we certainly know not, uh, not every part of the state uh, likes that necessarily. And, and, and speaking of right here in the Central District, there's so many yeah. good golf schools here in the Central District. And not all of them are going to make it to the state, and, and they feel sometimes they should have more schools making it to state. We, we get that. Uh, we hear that. And uh, we're, we're thankful that you know multiple schools can make it, not as many as they would like but you know we we want to have uh schools from all parts of the state make it to the state tournament and and boy that that's what the ohsa has always had as our philosophy uh for 115 years and you know i i certainly think it's going to stay that way for a while speaking of the state championships tim again slated for ohio state and north star pretty fair tests uh, how have those venues been received very well. Yeah, we're, I tell you, North Star, you know, I bet a lot of people have been there here, you know, in the last uh, two or three years. That course has really grown up here fast. Uh, we're really happy with North Star. Uh, this year, North Star will host the Division Two Boys State Tournament. That's October 15, 16. Uh, of course, uh, so many people are familiar with the Scarlet and Gray courses at Ohio State. They do an unbelievable job, job there. Um, Scarlet will host Division One and Three Boys. Uh, and then Gray will host Division One and Two girls, so just a, a, a fun place to be. And you know, uh, last year, you know, we talked about the pandemic and about COVID. You know, last year um, we we were working through where would we have our state tournament, uh, and, and so we're really thankful that North Star and 
Ohio State stepped up and were willing to host last year. I'm just constantly amazed, Tim, how well those championship scores are for both teams and individuals at both locations. Yeah, boy, high school golfers these days, you know, they play so much golf. They they almost play year-round, and the, the level of golf in Ohio just it, it continues to amaze me. Um, you, you think of a course like Scarlet. Um, I'll go out and play Scarlet and, and embarrassed by my score, and these kids get out there, <laughs> and they're just ripping it. So it's fun to watch. Talking a little high school golf this morning. Tee to green here on the fan with Tim Street of the OHSAA. And, you know, Tim, there's been a lot of changes in recent years at the high school level, especially on the girls' side. Uh, participation has grown a lot over the years, but still plenty of opportunities to grow some more. We've had girls play on boys' teams in the past, but now can actually have girls' teams facing boys' teams in actual competition. I mean, take us through this and why it can be very beneficial. Yeah, you're right. Girls' teams can and play against boys teams now that is something relatively new and we had a number a growing number of schools um, in certain parts of the state where they had a hard time finding opponents we're talking the girls side here girls teams were having a hard time finding op- uh, opponents and you know you you got a number of boys golf teams around you what, what's the harm in playing them and so our schools were asking for that uh, the coaches association came forward and said you know this is not a bad thing Let's give the opportunity here. And even in some cases, it may be the girls' varsity team against the boys' JV team. You know, that that's certainly okay, too. You know, a lot of times in other sports, you see that scenario happen in scrimmages. So it, it's, a, it's a way to get more competition. Um, you're right that there are always going to be some, some girls that um, switch over to the boys' tournament and, and, and try to advance through, through the levels of the tournament, and some do. We, we celebrate that. But this is kind of a new thing here in the last couple of years. Um, you're right, uh, speaking of participation, that the girls, uh, golfers, that, that number continues to grow. We're still at two divisions for the girls' side. Um, we're at three divisions for the boys. But if that number keeps going for the girls, we may have to go to Division Three for the girls, too. You know, we get people asking us about that, Tim. You know, people need to understand that, you know, not every area of the states is like it is here in, say, Columbus, because scheduling, especially in some of the rural counties, can be really tough. You're right. Yeah, there, we have some counties where there's only one or two high schools in the whole county. You know, I, it yeah. kind of goes, I, I go back to the football scenario all the time where there are some uh areas of the state southeast ohio may only have one division one high school football team in the whole area whereas you go to cuyahoga county and there's 12 division one high schools in cuyahoga county Hmm. so yeah it's such a diverse state and and the travel in some parts of the state is uh, uh significant so you know the more opportunities we can give our schools Uh, for competition, the better. Tim, the other question we get from time to time is in regards to eligibility. Let's use me as an example. Can Skip take a a top-line high school player to help stack my team in a charity scramble? Is it okay? Is it not okay? And I guess, does it depend on the time of year? Well, it does depend what time of year. And and the answer used to be no uh, during the school season. I want to make that emphasis really uh, clear. During the school season for golf, there are certain limitations on what you can do. Now, outside of the school season, um, throughout the spring uh, and throughout the whole summer, uh, it's really wide open. You, you can do a lot of things. But once a golfer says he's going to play for his school team, there are certainly some more regulations that come into play. Now, it, it is a little more open now than it used to be, and we do have a waiver uh, process that our golf administrator uh, will use to allow some of that non-school participation during the season. 
But here's what I always recommend is for that, for that golfer, if they're going to play uh, in a non-school event during the school season, talk to your coach first, have your coach reach out to the OHSA. If it's past the waiver uh, deadline, then they just are not going to be able to play in that non-school event. But if it's before the deadline, then there's a waiver process where they can play in that non-school event and then still be able to play for their school team. But um, always better to have the, the head coach of the high school uh, keep in close contact with your golfers, know where they're playing, when they're playing. And if there's any question at all, reach out to the OHSA's golf administrator. Tim, last thing for you. Anyone who pays attention to the news can obviously see the troubling COVID numbers on the rise, especially in the rural counties across the state. I know we made it through last year. Is there any chance, I guess, that we may have to put similar safeguards back in place if these numbers continue to increase? Well, there is, Skip. That, that's kind of the scary thing. You know, we, uh, we're not out of the woods yet. You know, we are still battling this pandemic pandemic. Uh, our schools are still um, uh, going through some of these safety precautions that their school district is going to have in place. Um, just uh, this past week, um, the uh, Ohio Department of Health put out some new guidance uh, where, where, for example, masks are not mandated uh, for non-vaccinated people. Um, they're still encouraging um, folks to get the vaccine. Obviously, we encourage folks to wear a mask in a large crowd. You know, we're still battling this. So, could something happen again? Absolutely. We we here at the OHSA, we're keeping our eye on the Ohio Department of Health's regulations and new guidance every day, just like our schools are. So everyone still needs to be aware that we're not through this thing fully yet. Again, the high school golf season begins next week across the state. Tim Street with the OHSA. Hey, Tim, we appreciate you coming on this morning, okay? Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. All right, coming up, the U.S. Senior Women's Open is this week over in Connecticut. We will head there and visit with longtime golf writer, now Golf Channel contributor Ron Syrak, next as Tita Green continues here on The Fan. One is upside down on an inversion table. The other one's wearing a tank top without pants. You ready for your workout? Radio doesn't get any better than this. You nasty. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan. Now that we're done washing our balls, it's time to tee it back up. This is Tee to Green with Skip Mossick on The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Tee to Green has its own t-shirts available in the fan store. Go to 971thefan.com to check it out and get yours today. We have another great golf prize pack that we're giving you the opportunity to win this weekend. A free round of golf down at the Players Club at Foxfire. Some balls from our friends at Titleist. A gift certificate out to the Virtues. Some charky jerky and some more fan goodies. Very simple to enter. Send me a tweet by 11 a.m. at Skip Mossick or go to 971thefan.com. You can find me on Twitter there. Do it by 11 a.m. Send me your winner for this week's U.S. Senior Women's Open. We'll do a drawing of all those who picked the winner correctly. Again, just one entry per person. Good luck, and hopefully this prize pack will be yours. You are listening to Tita Green's On the Range. On the Range is presented by PXG. Nobody makes golf clubs the way they do, period. It was great spending some time with the PXG guys last week at New Albany. By the way, if you ever miss an episode, subscribe to the Tea to Green podcast wherever you download your podcast. You can also check it out at 971thefan.com. As we hit the range now with longtime golf writer, now Golf Channel contributor Ron Syrak. Ron joins us from Brooklawn, the site of this week's U.S. Senior Women's Open. And uh, Ron, good morning. Let's start with the obvious. How cool is it to see Annika Sorenstam not only back in action, but really playing well the first couple of days? 
Yeah, it's part of what makes this really a special event. This is the youngest jewel in the USGA championship crown. This is the third year that they've had it. And and what's really, really amazing about this tournament is it it's part like college reunion and it's part competition. You know, uh, all you see all these players um you know, Anika last competed in the USGA uh, championship 13 years ago. And here she is. And she actually, by the way, she played the first round as if she'd never been gone. But um, you, you have this amazing, amazing gathering of women who have played this game at the highest level. And uh, they're getting back together now uh, in the post-50 uh, part of their careers. And, uh, and uh, you know, there may be that, that sort of... That sort of college reunion feeling early in the week, but on Thursday when the bell rings and they start competing, the game faces get on. Ron, I know we've touched on this before, but why do you think it took so long for this event, the U.S. Senior Women's Open, to happen? Uh, you know, I'm not really sure, and 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 um, I do think that um, um, it's it's too bad that they missed a really good window they have. You know, when they created the Senior uh, U.S. Open, U.S. Open for Men. Not only were uh, uh, Palmer and Nicholas and Trevino still playing, but Sam Sneed was still playing. I mean, you know, Lee Trevino, they they had uh, they had star power out there, and the LPJ started this and at a time when they had missed their window of opportunity with Nancy Lopez and Patty Sheehan and Amy Alcott and that whole that golden age of great women who played sort of between seventy five and ninety five. Um, Pat Bradley, uh, uh, there's probably 10 Hall of Famers in there. And, and they, this came along with, it was a little bit too old for them to compete in. But what we're seeing here, the first one was won by Laura Davies, who's, who's in the World Golf Hall of Fame. The second one was won by Helen Alfredson, who is a, a, a top-notch player, won a major on the LPGA. And each year the field gets stronger. And we're going to continue to see that happen. Uh, you know, Annika joined in this year. And, and in the pipeline down the road are going to be Cardi Webb, are going to be Siri Pak. Uh, Julie Inkster's going to play forever. So, <laughs> and, oh, and by the way, speaking of playing forever, yesterday, Joanne Carner, yeah. 82 years old, shot her age. You know, that's pretty, that's pretty cool on, uh, on, on a championship course setup. Tell you what, Ron, how about the venue there at Brookline? I, I love these old historic courses. Looks great on TV. How is that venue? Yeah, you know, it's a golf course I'm very familiar with. Uh, when I was with Golf Digest, the office was about three miles from here, and, and uh, for about 12 years, uh, I, I played this course a bunch of times. And, and uh, it is a classic old course. Uh, Tillinghast redid it, and it was in the 1930s. Um, uh, it, it, it's one of those. There are two things that the Northeast does really well when it comes to golf: hills and trees. Mm. <laughs> and this place has them both. Uh, um, you can. The first uh, two things pl- every player said to me after they played their first practice round is, "Wow, this is quite a walk." And the other thing they said is, "Boy, you can't be past any flag here." And that's exactly it. You can never ever be above the above the hole. It's it's a fun layout. You know, on a selfish front, Ohio has long hosted many marquee golf events over the years, including at NCR, not far from here. It was cool to see the USGA announced they were coming here for this event next year. And players are very excited about that. I, I was, you know, that announcement came yesterday, and I was talking to some players about it this morning, and. Uh, 
you know, that's, it's another thing that shows the USGA's commitment to this event. The first one was played at Chicago Golf Club, one of the five original clubs that formed the USGA in, uh, in 1895. Uh, amazing, amazing golf course. Then last year they were at, uh, uh Pine Needles Lodge and, and, and Golf Resort, which has had the U.S. Women's Open several times. And, uh, and now they're at Brooklyn. And this is, the fifth different USGA championship that's been in Brooklyn. They've had a women's U.S. Open, a, a men's senior open, a boys junior, and a girls junior here, and now this one. So, uh, and then with NCR coming, it, it shows that continued commitment to taking this tournament to first class venues and really making the players feel special that way. Longtime golf writer, now Golf Channel contributor, Ron Syrak, our guest this morning, tee to green here on the fan. Ron, let's switch to the Olympics. And while I love having golf as an Olympic sport, in your opinion, isn't there a way we could incorporate some sort of team competition in addition to the individual? I know there need to be the same number of players from each country, but surely they could do that, could they not? You know, I, I, I like the um, the format that the LPGA uses in the International Crown. You know, when the, when there was pressure, when Asians started to win a lot of tournaments on the LPGA, there was pressure to uh, to, to get rid of the uh, Solheim Cup, which is like the Ryder Cup. It's the U.S. against Europe. And, and include the Asian players and, uh, and the LPGA, to its great credit, didn't do that. They appreciated the history of the Solheim Cup the way the PGA appreciates the history of the Ryder Cup. But the, what the PGA Tour did, they created the President's Cup. And now the international team in the President's Cup is just a, it's just a bunch of teams. The only thing they have in common is they can't play in the Ryder Cup. What the LPGA did in the International Crown, it, they have eight teams. Uh, eight, from eight different countries, four players on a team. They qualify off the world rankings. They play in group play, round robin in group play, and then they have a, a final knockout round. I'd like to see something like that in the Olympics because it, it brings the national element more into the game. It brings it, it, it makes it to where you're playing golf, but you're playing team golf. You're playing to win it for the United States, not win it for yourself. All right, last thing for you, Ron. Boy, the Delta variant is really causing some troubling COVID numbers everywhere. It was strange to see even John Rahm pop positive prior to the Olympics after what we all saw him go through starting right here at Memorial. I guess what's been the general buzz you've been hearing from the folks that you've been around? Well, I think everybody's just sort of holding their breath to see uh, what's going to happen next. Uh, you know, um, 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 there, there's been some there's been some good news out there about uh, uh, vaccination numbers, and uh, uh, but uh, uh, I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen next. I think they're they're holding their breath and they're, they're waiting to see uh, how the new uh, how the new uh, variant uh, um, um, continues to unfold and whether people start to respond to it in an aggressive way and 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 start taking more uh, precautionary measures. One of the best in the business, longtime golf writer, now Golf Channel contributor, working this week for the USGA, Ron Syrak. We always appreciate your time. You stay safe, okay? Thanks for having me on. Talk to you down the road, my friend. All right. Again, we're going with the ladies seniors this week for our golf prize pack uh, there at Brooklawn. Tweet me your winner by 11 a.m. at the uh, U.S. Senior Women's Open. We'll do a drawing of all those who picked uh, correctly, and hopefully our great golf prize pack this week will be yours. Well, earlier this week, we had a chance to visit with Curtis Luck, the defending champion of the uh, Corn Ferry Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship at the OSU Scarlet Course, and we will hear from Curtis Luck next as Tita Green continues right here on the fan. 
the dumb things we say are on demand when you want them. Just utilize the computer chip we've implanted into your brain. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Want Buttery cuts and making putts. Sometimes you're listening to Tita Green with Skip Mossick on The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Rolling on with you here on this Saturday morning. We have another great golf prize pack that we're giving somebody the opportunity to win this weekend. Included this week a free round of golf down at the Players Club at Foxfire. Some balls from our friends at Titleist. A gift certificate to go out to the Virtues. If you haven't been there in a while, Virtues will not disappoint. Some charky jerky plus some more fan goodies in the bag for you this week as well. Very simple to enter. Send me a tweet by 11 a.m. at Skip Mossick or go to 971thefan.com. You can find me on Twitter there. Do it by 11 a.m. Send me your winner for this week's U.S. Senior Women's Open. We'll do a drawing of all those who picked the winner correctly. Again, just one entry per person, so good luck, and hopefully this prize pack will be yours. The 2021 Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship is coming up the last week in August at the OSU Scarlet Course, part of the Corn Ferry Playoffs again this year. And while the event raises so much money every year for Nationwide Children's Hospital, it'll be great to have spectators back at the Scarlet in a couple of weeks. For all the information, go to ncc-golf.com. Again, tickets are free. All proceeds go to charity. And for the fans, it's great to be able to get up close and personal with some of the best young talent out there, like defending champion Curtis Luck, who was in town earlier this week, and we had a chance to visit for a couple of minutes with him after a T7 two years ago. Luck with the victory last year, and we asked him what he obviously likes about the Scarlet course. Um, it reminds me a lot of golf back home. Um, a lot of angles you have to play for. The greens are always firm, bank greens. So I just uh, feel like I'm you know, going back home and playing some golf here sometimes. This is a golf course a lot of guys say that they have to play a few times in order to get it what is it about is it just the familiarity you mentioned like back home as far as just you having success here yeah i think like um this golf course requires a good like golf iq i think you've got to make really good decisions and like you know especially in a tournament in the right moments out here um i've always really appreciated how tough it is and i think i uh, know when to take the chance and when not to take the chance out here so I've loved coming back here every year this will be my fifth year playing this event and uh, I've enjoyed it every time Tell you what, uh, what's the last couple of years been like for you? I want to say correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say 19, you played a bunch of events on, on the PGA Tour and then down here the last couple of years what's it like been you as you, as you try to chase your dream to get back to the big tour? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting road, bit of a roller coaster. Nineteen was a bit of an awakening for me. I played uh, with status on the PJ Tour, and I didn't feel like my game was up to scratch or where it needed to be. Compete out there every week. So, um, twenty twenty, I started making changes. Um, then obviously COVID hit, which kind of interrupted a few things. With obviously seeing my coach back home in Australia and and getting him over here. So then uh, this year I've just started working with a new guy and been making some really great changes and I'm really happy with the, the way things are going. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's all for the better, but like any, like any change, you never know until it really clicks, so we'll hopefully see that coming in the next few months. Having played on both tours, you can, we, we always talk about this, Curtis, just the, the level of play all you guys are so good. What's the difference, though? It's, it's, it's just a putt or two here or there, just the difference between the PGA Tour and Corn Ferry? I think just the courses require a different um, 
side of golf here. Like, it's really great to be really sharp around the greens. Um, the courses we play for the majority of the year aren't that long, so it doesn't require anyone with crazy length to, to do well. Where PJ Tour, the golf courses are longer and just set up a little bit tougher. So I think ball striking is definitely key on the PJ Tour. I think everyone out here has got very good short games. Uh, the courses kind of demand it. But on the PJ Tour, tee to green, you see a lot more sound players. Final thing for you, what's been the most challenging thing just with the whole COVID protocols the last couple of years for, for somebody that does what you do? Um, for me, it's just been obviously not being able to go back home um, is, is obviously challenging uh, and, and not knowing when I'm going to be able to get the chance to go back home, you know, with everything that's going on in Australia. Um, yeah, it's, it's very tough to plan a, a trip back home to see family. Everyone, including obviously friends, uh, is back there. So it'd be really nice, hopefully, fingers crossed at the end of this year to get back and see them. Have they been able to get here at all? No, they're not able to get here. Yeah, it's just as hard getting in as it is getting out. So. Unbelievable. Curtis, continued success uh, here at the Scarlet coming up here in a couple of weeks and a uh, good plan, okay? Cheers, thank you. Curtis Lux had a tough season, but could still make some things happen for himself in August, and we wish him well. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend are coming your way next, followed by this week's Buckeye Replay, the 03 Fiesta Bowl matchup between number 2 Ohio State and top-ranked Miami. We hope you enjoy that. That'll do it for this week's Tee to Green. For Bodie Wells, I'm Skip Mossick. Enjoy the golf this weekend. Brandon Beam fills in next Saturday, so we'll talk to you again in two weeks right here on The Fan. From those double bogey blues. There's nothing like waking up, turning on your radio, and hearing the ramblings of dummies. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Saturday morning at 10. The Fan. How do you make a car commercial stand out? I'll tell you. You don't talk about how clean the showroom is or the snacks in the waiting room. That's not what gets people to the lot. You know what does? Trust. Anthony Rothman here and the